Hey there, Michael Zuber, one rental at a time. And something I wanted to let you know about is a brand new podcast, a podcast that I was lucky enough to be guest number one. It is called Resilient Real Estate Investing. Do me a favor, go check it out. Just in the last couple of weeks, not only has my episode aired, but you heard from a syndicator who spent eight years in prison. You've heard from a movie theater operator who has had their side hustle produce 20 properties. Future episodes will record around the Roofstock's head coach, a college student evaluating properties, and of course, an army recruiter who discovered private money. Again, do me a favor, check out Resilient Real Estate Investing. On with the show. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. Michael Zuber, one rental at a time, back with uh, Matt, the mortgage guy, in his new office space. How you in doing, my buddy? new office space, yeah. So we'll have a painted wall. We'll have we'll have the big fancy sign up soon enough. Today you just get me in a blank wall. Um, <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> along those lines, Mike, I thought it would be really funny, um, and I'm probably going to do it. Um, all the YouTube haters that are like, the real estate market is crashing. Go find a new job. I've got some funny empty pictures of my old office with just the sign and like bare floors. And I'm going to say, you know, I guess shut it down. I, I had guess, to give it up. I guess the trolls were right. <laughs> I'm gonna be a barista. <laughs> Come visit me for your for your for your latte. Double calf, calf, <laughs> latte, mocha, whatever. That's funny. Anyways, uh, I jest. Uh, what I want to talk about here is a very important topic uh, that I know it's of interest, but I don't think people really understand. And that is, should I go in and try to get the lowest price from the seller, or? Should I give them a little bit on price and get seller credits, right? The net net of this question is the bottom line number is the same, but what should I do? Should I get the lowest price? Should I get seller credits? Matt, uh, you, you probably get this every day. Yeah. So what are we, people thinking? We get it so much and, and, I'm, and I'm glad me and you are talking about it because this is the question you should ask yourself and your loan officer and your real estate agent and collectively you have this discussion, you figure out um, what works best for you and, and, and go from there. Because I think a lot of folks, they just don't know. And when somebody doesn't know something, knowing what I know about mortgage, I say, well, it depends. And everybody's scenario is different. Depending on what is important to you, how long you're going to stay in the home, your monthly budget, all these things. And so the best way to figure out your personal answer is to run the numbers, you know, yeah. in, 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 in ORAT terms, do the work. And if you're lucky enough to be working with a great team, like my team, go to greatmortgagebroker.com, fill out the form. If you want to do that, we're going to provide you the information and talk you through it and let you tell us how you want to do it. Um, the good news is Mike, is that when people are like, Hey, if it's listed at 400 and I think that the seller's motivated because they've been on the market for 67 days, should I get a lower price or some seller credit? I think you do both, right? Of course. And, yes, um, yeah. you know, but then it becomes a, a conversation and I've got a, a YouTube video on this and happy to share the um, Excel spreadsheet that we have so people can plug in their own numbers. Do I want 395 with 10K in credit? Do I want 385 with zero in credit? Do I want 390 with 5K in credit? There, there can be multiple numbers where the seller nets the same. Yeah. And if you have a good enough agent to explain that to the list side, when they net 385 or whatever the number is, it shouldn't really matter to the seller. 
there's small implications on, you know, capital gains and other things with the sales price, you sure. know, also on the buy side, there's, um, taxes. you know, taxes yeah. and you'll pay slightly different, which is a good question. I, I actually addressed that with somebody where I said, yeah, you're paying 12 to 15 more per month in, in property taxes by paying a higher price and getting credit. But the, the, the question you have to ask is what's important to me. And I've done so many of these scenarios and, you know, I can, I can do it because I have the spreadsheet up with me right now, where if you're going to get for a hypothetical scenario, 15,000 in seller credit on a $500,000 purchase, that's um, 3%. Yeah. You can take that 15 grand, buy down the rate a little bit and do a two one buy down, which gives you 2% lower in year one, 1% lower in year two, and then um, years three through 30 are, or whatever that rate is. And so, you know, I, literally yesterday, yesterday, and it wasn't at this purchase price, but it was, um, uh, this type of scenario where we bought down the rate to 6% and then did a two, one buy down mm -hmm. and then had some credit left over. Yeah. So, you know, on the 500 K example, taxes, insurance, everything, 2,800 in year one, 3,072 in year two, 3,350 in year three. Um, if, if you told yourself, well, price is most important. I'm just concerned with price. I want 485 with none of the credit. Mm. Keep in mind that 485 with none of the credit, if you don't buy the rate down, you're just in that 3250, 3350 payment, depending on tax yeah. and insurance and some other factors. Um, and if, yeah, I, when I, when I look at investors with this question and maybe it's a little easier with investors, um, I think too many people focus on price, like the 500 versus 485. And this is why, right? Um, first and foremost, let's just pretend for a minute it's it's 20 grand either way, because I want to do easier math for people to follow along. Let's assume it's 20 grand, uh, so 500 or 480, and you're putting 20% down. What I worry about is how much cash is coming out of my pocket. 20% of 500 is 100 grand. 20% of 480 is 96 grand. So while you may have gotten a $20,000 price difference, you're, you get four grand of that goodness. The other comes from the bank, right? The bank has to lend you less. Second, closing costs. I've done many, many spreadsheets showing just how you can get, if you can take your eight grand in closing costs and make that zero, that eight grand is 100% cash coming out of your account. If you can make that zero because it comes out of the seller's account, your yield goes up. Math, it, it just does. It mathematically goes up. And then the other thing, you said this earlier, and I think it's dead on. How long do you plan to be in the property or, or maybe in the loan? I buy properties intending to hold them forever. I don't gamble on, you know, buy the building, you know, date the rate nonsense. Cause I have no, I I've studied the seventies and rates could be high for a lot longer than I think. So if I get this, the seller to pay a couple of points or a point or half a point and get me at five, nine, nine or whatever the, you know, the next floor is that's real money. Cause that takes it off. So again, I think 
when you ask people, should I get a lower price or seller credits? I think most people naturally lean to the lowest price possible. Yeah. And then Where I show, for, yeah, yeah. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but then I show them the numbers yeah. and more often than not, they lean towards it's, the credit. Of course it's yeah. mathematically right from the only person, the only person that I could think of, um, that it makes sense to get the lowest price is if you're writing a check. If you're paying cash, you have no loan cost, you have no mortgage. Okay, great. Well, then Yeah. And to your point too about about holding it, if if you plan on selling this thing in 18 months, you you care what you owe, but for yeah. you and me and for somebody who's holding it for the long term, what I also show people is if you use this money to buy down the rate and, you know, people get caught up in well, if I buy it for 485 and I put 10% down, I only owe 436. Pay five hundred and ten percent down. I owe four fifty. So they're thirteen five behind in their eyes. Yeah. yeah. If you get a much lower rate, you're going to pay more. Yeah, your principal. payment could be lower. It's going to catch that. Yeah. And and more importantly for most people, one hundred, one fifty, two hundred dollars less in payment, yeah. more cash flow, more room yeah. for error, and and really, I know myself personally, and so this is this is the, how the conversation goes with some people. Um, whether I owe 417, 522 or 422, 836, five years from now means very little to me. means, no, means very nothing. little. Nothing. Yeah. Again, I think too many people lean towards lowest price, uh, where I think the other, certainly for investors, it's, it's the seller credits. And the other thing I like how you opened it in the beginning, like you find a property that's on the market 67 days, I think was your example. Go ask for both, right? So again, it's listed for 567 days. I, I'm just going to make this up. So you you know, you know, do you people, you do your own work. Write it at 440 and ask for 3% credit. So you know, net net is, I don't know, 428 or whatever it is. Uh, ask for the world. And then as negotiations, you have to figure out what is better, lower price or credits. I suggest working with a great mortgage professional such as Matt and his team. How would they go there to reach out and say, hey, help me do the math? No matter where you're at in the country, just go to greatmortgagebroker.com, fill out the form, and we'll be in touch. Awesome, buddy. Thank you so much. Thanks, Mike.